You're listening to the Speech Uncensored podcast. Join us for weekly discussions diving into all the particulars of communication, voice, swallow, and cognition with tangible applications to the world of medical, speech, and language pathology. And for this episode, be sure to check out the discussion guide and additional resources in the show notes on speechuncensored.com. This week, I'm joined by Lauren Sharp Payne, and we're gonna be talking about mentorship and representation in our field. I'm really, really excited. Welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Thank you, thanks for having me. Yay! <laughs> and I just remembered, like one thing I forgot to say that I usually say is me. Hi, I'm Leanne. <laughs> I always try to introduce myself because I forget. I'm like, yeah. every week it's the same person. <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm really excited about this conversation, Lauren, because I've been following you on Instagram for like ever, it seems. And I love the work that you're doing. Thank you. So I can't wait to like dive into it and learn like the backstory, like how it started, how it's growing and the impact that you're having in our field. Yes. So this is going to be great. I'm excited. <laughs> Good. All right. So before we jump into all of that, I want to learn a little bit more about you. So tell me who you are, where you are, and what you do. Yeah. So again, I'm Lauren Sharp Payne. I live in Virginia and I've been practicing for about five years now. It's funny because I actually started my career working with kids and quickly learned that that just wasn't my ideal setting. So I transitioned to medical SLP and now I'm working for the VA hospital in outpatient rehab, and I absolutely love it. It's really my passion. And in my free time, I love playing with my rabbit named Strawberry. He's my little baby. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Super cool. Okay. So let's jump in. I want to like set the foundation for people um, who maybe have not been cyber stalking you like I have for a while now. So <laughs> let's tell people like about the work that you do um, outside of your VA job. So start with uh, like your Instagram account and then like kind of how that grew into heart to heart internship. Yeah. So I remember being an undergraduate and a graduate student and just feeling lost. Like I didn't have a mentor. You know, my, my supervisors and my professors were great, but I still just didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of doing what I was told and didn't really know what to do next, especially when I was applying for grad school. So I had this idea to start an Instagram, just sharing some tips on how to get into grad school, therapy treatment tips how to transition from pediatric to medical SLP. And it just kind of took off from there. I realized there are a lot of students who were in this are in the same place that I was in. And I just wanted to be for them what I needed when I was in that spot. And so literally I just feel like it was overnight. It just grew. And then I was like, I should start a YouTube channel. So I started that just to allow, I guess, a different platform to connect with, you know, future SLPs and new SLPs. So over the time of, I would say over the course of maybe like three years, I was getting like 100 DMs, I would say a month about like, how do I get into grad school? What should I do? I'm really lost. I feel discouraged. I was like, let me start a mentorship program. So I knew Asha had the step mentorship program, which is really good. But I wanted to offer something that was just a little bit more tight knit, you know, people could feel like they really knew the mentors and they knew me. So I started that last July and it's just taken off from there. Excellent. Okay. So your Instagram account is speak from the heart. 
Mm-hmm. And I love that because I think that is exactly what you do like all the time. <laughs> it's like, it's very much like when you do your Instagram lives with your YouTube videos, like it's all coming from like this genuine place. And mm-hmm. so that's really communicated in all the work that you do. Thank you. Yeah. I had a dream about that name and I was like, I like this. <laughs> it's a good, good call. Good call. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So when you started Heart to Heart, I want to know, did you have like a a specific vision for it? Were you reaching a community? Yeah. So I especially wanted to help out our black and brown students. So I would say the majority of the DMs that I got were from black and brown students who, again, just felt discouraged, who weren't getting into grad school, who were told because of the, the way that they talk and the way that they look that they wouldn't make a great SLP. And again, that was just problematic for me. I I think that they, well, everyone, every student needs a space where they just feel heard and they have someone that supports them and roots for them no matter what. And so, you know, that was one of my, I guess, the population that I really wanted to target. But then for me, it just, it just grew. I just wanted to help students. I wanted to help people say, hey, I want to be an SLP. I don't know how to get there, but I want somebody or I have someone that will help me get there and help me through, you know, the journey and the challenges. So I would say that was probably where it started and where it's grown to. Excellent. Very good. How has the community started and how has it grown? And are there more resources for this? Or are you kind of the only one out there providing this service at the moment? Yeah, I, as far as I know, I, I think I have the only mentorship program, you know, besides ASHA's. But, you know, when I first started, it was a lot of work. It was, it was literally just me. And I remember I put something on Instagram and I was like, applications are open. And I had to close it the same day because I had over 150 applications. And I was like, I can't do this by myself. So I think I ended up narrowing it down to, I think it was 30 mentors and 30 mentees because I just, I couldn't do it by myself. So the second session, which started in January of this year, I recruited a couple of people, a couple of mentors from the first round to help me because it was just, it was just so overwhelming. So my goal is to eventually have like a committee that helps me, you know, go through applications and pair mentors and mentees. That way it just runs a little bit smoother too. Yeah. I, that's yeah. incredible. What a like that response is so encouraging and then at the same time so discouraging because it's mm-hmm. like so many people like really need help and support and they weren't happy getting it, you know. Right. And so I'm really really excited that you have this this service and this yeah. provision for folks. This is great. Thanks. Okay. So I like love a good success story, right? Cuz that's mm-hmm. like all the warm and fuzzies. So through this, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the mentors and the mentees? Because we know like, oh, well, at least we think, oh, the mentees have like the most to grow or to benefit from it. But mm-hmm. like, let's not discount the impact that mentees can have on on mentors too. Exactly. That's such a good point. I And I'll share some from both ends, like positive feedback and then areas for, you know, improvement as well. I know The first session, like I said, it was just me kind of managing everything, planning meetings. And there were times where, you know, it would be like a month or two where we didn't have a meeting because my personal life was super busy too. So I know 
initially it was just feedback to stay more connected, you know, as a group. So the mentors and mentees being able to interact with each other um, and being able to learn from each other. And I think on the flip side of that, a lot of the positive feedback has just been just feeling more confident. You know, I have mentees reach out to me and say, I got into grad school or, you know, this mentor helped me get my dream acute care job. So it's, it's, it, it makes me cry sometimes. I just feel so blessed to be able to provide that and that we have such great mentors too who, who have provided their services through Heart to Heart. And I think probably one of the biggest success stories is my mentee actually that I had this past semester really wanted to work in medical SLP and she ended up landing a pediatric medical CF, which is very rare. And I remember being so proud of her and just kind of coaching her through the interview process and providing her with resources. So it's just like those little wins that make it all worth it. Yeah, definitely. That's so incredible. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. Like, I love that. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I think everyone has a, a story. Well, let's say, you know, we all go through our CFs and there's, we always have a critique on it, right? We always could mm-hmm. use more something, more support, more resources, more something. Right. And so like, having that there, having that person cheerleading you, who's not in that, you know, kind of official position of the CF mentor who's doing the paperwork and everything. Like that means a lot. That's mm-hmm. definitely. Okay. So we talked a little bit about some successes that mentees have had through the program. Anything um, come to mind on the mentor side, like any kind of benefits specific to them that they've shared with you? So I remember a couple um, just saying that it kind of made them reignite their passion for speech, if that makes sense. So I think sometimes we just kind of get caught in the hustle and bustle of just being a speech pathologist. It's a busy, time-consuming job at some point. So it, it just kind of made them stop and appreciate, wow, I love this field. I'm able to give back to the future of SLP. So I think that's probably been the biggest um, feedback from the mentors, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It <laughs> This is probably not the best like example that comes to mind, but it, like I now that I'm far enough into the profession, like I'm not jaded yet. I feel like there's still time to get there. Yeah. But I definitely remember feeling a lot more gung ho or maybe it's having more energy, I don't know. And so mm-hmm. when you're like working, like when I have students, like I love it because yeah. I'm like, oh, let me just feast off of your energy and your excitement. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's very true. Just reignite something in you. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So I'm like rehashing in my mind. So you started Heart to Heart because there was a very pressing need. Like people were reaching out constantly. That There was an absence, a lack. And so right. this was filling that need. Mm-hmm. Was it also made to address anything else, any other goals that you had in mind for it um, when you founded it? Yeah, so I guess I would say my main goal was just to be able to provide these wins for future SLPs and CFs. So for them to be able to look in the mirror and say, I'm confident enough to apply for grad school, or I'm confident enough to be able to apply for this CF position. So that was my main goal is just for them to feel confident and competent going into this field. Mm. Yeah. Like the, the idea of imposter syndrome is like 
really out there. Like we're really talking about it and addressing it. And so do you feel like like a mentorship relationship helps to like address those those feelings and those misconceptions that like lead into people experiencing imposter syndrome? Yeah, definitely. I like to think of mentors as being like little personal cheerleaders too for the mentees where you know, maybe they're hearing from a professor or someone else that you can't do this. This is not the field for you. But the mentors are in place to say, hey, you can do it. Maybe this is challenging for you now, but this is what you can do to improve on it and just to not give up on their dreams. So I definitely think that, I mean, imposter syndromes, I even have imposter syndrome somewhere So sometimes. So I think it doesn't ever really go away, but at least they have someone in their corner that's encouraging them to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially at the the point that they're at from either deciding to go into the field uh, to get into grad school mm-hmm. or like where to go once they've graduated, like like to, to go for that job that they really desire, but would be a lot more competitive and where some feelings of imposter syndrome might make them think that they shouldn't apply for that job when in fact, right. yes, they should. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. Yeah. So I see mentorship. I think like I have like this traditional understanding of it, that it's very much about like a guide and then the person being guided, but Mm -hmm. also it sounds like it's just about being supportive and being encouraging and and keeping them moving forward and achieving Mm -hmm. their professional goals. Yeah, definitely. And I know every mentor mentee pair that's been in heart to heart has had a different way that they do things. Um, I had some mentors and mentees that met weekly and they addressed, you know, the mentees goals and then others just kind of checked in when they felt like they needed it. So that was also one of the great things is it it just kind of depended on what the mentee needed and then the mentor adapts to it. So I know like with my mentee, we would meet, we would go over cranial nerve exams and, you know, how to address swallowing goals. So it, it, it was just based on what the mentee needed. And I think that was part of the success too. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. I think I like get overdone on things. And so like, I'd be like so stressed out. I'd be like, <laughs> if I was a mentor, I'd be like, is this the kind of experience you needed? Are you getting everything you need? Am I being supportive enough, educational enough? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'd have to like take my own chill pill and be like, let, let them guide the ship too and yeah. advocate for like what they need when they need it too, because mm-hmm. that would be a skill. That I can yes. really benefit from in the yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things is like, like you said, the mentee drives the ship. It's all based on what they need and being able to voice what they need to. Okay, I have to say, like, I get like really bent out of shape when I hear like doors being closed on people. So like when mm-hmm. you were like people hearing about like, oh, if they talk a certain way or look a certain way and they wouldn't make a good SLP, you got me fired up. And I'm just now mm-hmm. like, my heart is now getting back to yeah. like a normal rhythm. <laughs> yes, it's real. It's so sad too. Oh, that, that gets me angry. I'm like, that's not sad. That's infuriating. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't even talk about it. I'm getting, <laughs> okay. All right. New question. Got to move forward. Okay. So future goals for the program. How do you see this? Are like, is it, it is growing because you told me like you've recruited like Mm -hmm. mentors to help facilitate and expand. So um, talk to me, like, do you guys like get really excited about how you see this, like continuing to balloon up? 
Yeah, yeah. So I guess my overall goal, I just want it to continue. So my goal is to have two cycles a year. So one that starts like for the fall semester for students and then one in the spring semester. Then summers are just kind of like our rest period. I mean, honestly, that's really my main goal. I just I just want to continue to offer this for students. I want to continue to recruit, you know, more mentors who don't mind giving back to the future of SLP. And um, maybe hopefully join with ASHA one day to make this even bigger as well. So, yeah, those are my main goals right now. That's awesome. That's excellent. Yeah. Very good. All right. Um, ooh, yes. Okay. So now um, we've talked about the program. We've talked about the people in the program. Let's talk about you. <laughs> okay. All right. So how has Heart to Heart, the mentorship program, impacted you? And I want to know in like two ways, like you as a person and you as an SLP. Hmm. Yeah. So personally, I think it has impacted me by, for one, trying to figure out how to word this, acknowledging the struggle that I had in undergrad and like in grad school, just like I said, feeling lost and feeling like maybe this isn't for me and knowing that for one, there are other people out there that feel like that. But on the other hand, I can I can help them. I can provide them with my story and give them, you know, something to look forward to, you know, keep them optimistic. And I think in that aspect, it's made me a better person and then also a better SLP as well. So I actually have a student right now. Um, I'm a clinical supervisor at work. And so I think the work that I've done with Heart to Heart has helped me in my clinical supervision as well because I didn't I didn't know what I was doing going into it. But I think, you know, the ways that I've helped my mentees over the past year has has definitely helped me in how I do clinical supervision as well. Is there something specific? Is it like in how you communicate or in your expectations or just how you can better understand and relate to what they're going through in that process of still being a student and now doing the clinic work? Like, mm-hmm. like how has that affected it? Yeah, I think all of those. I think the biggest way is just like when I knew that I was getting a student, I prepared like three months in advance. I started making a little binder for my student where, you know, she could go and pick out resources. I started thinking about you know, some of the questions that she would probably have so that I felt prepared when I answered them. Um, I rearranged my schedule so that she could get a good range of different diagnoses and people to see. So I think it kind of made me think ahead, even before she got there, of how I could be the best SLP for her so she could learn and obtain as much information from me too. And I feel like if I didn't have heart to heart, I probably would have, she would have gotten there and I just kind of would have went with it and figured something out, but I felt much more prepared to help her learn as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, Lauren, I, I'm curious too, in like working with like this population that's like coming into the field and, and starting their practice in the profession, um, what are some other types of resources and experience and assistance do they need that you have also kind of come in and, and filled a gap or, or filled a need there too, like kind of on a more like professional level? Yeah. So I typically give recommendations for studying for like the GRE, um, the Praxis. So I try to find free resources for students because I know the GRE and the Praxis is very expensive. 
So helping them find resources to be prepared for those types of standardized tests. I also try and find free continuing education resources, especially for students who are graduating from grad school and obtaining a, a medical S, a CF or if they're trying to obtain a medical CF. So um, directing them to different resources online and on YouTube so that they do feel a little bit more prepared as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was going back to school uh, for the master's and I was like, oh, I got to do the GRE. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been a minute since, <laughs> since I did any math like ever. I and know. back when I had to take it, you weren't allowed to take a calculator in for the math portion. Like, really? all. like there was no calculator, not even like a simple basic. No, no, no calculator. Huh. And so I went to the library and I borrowed the most recent GRE book and like took huh. that home and, and used that to study. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, I'm going to have to renew this. <laughs> right. Like, that was a hard test. <laughs> it was. So this is, this is not fun. Yeah. That's another thing too, is like honesty. Like I never lie to students and say, grad school's easy. The GRE is easy. Like letting them know because they've told me, oh, so-and-so said the GRE was easy and grad school's easy. I'm like, they lied to you. This is what it is. That way you're prepared for it too. And I think that's another big part of it is just being honest with them about what to expect too. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I would never do somebody a disservice and tell them either one of those things were easy. No, they weren't. Right. School was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> it, it was so hard. hard. It was. I was like, I'm doing all this work and I'm coming away with only a master's. <laughs> this is insane. Okay. I say that because when I was in getting my bachelor's degree mm-hmm. and it wasn't in speech path, it was like a bachelor's in international studies. My brother oh. was getting his master's in like education or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like proofreading his papers. Like they were so... I was like, this isn't challenging. Masters is, is easy. Uh, and then I got into the speech path program and I was like, this is legit. Right. <laughs> it made it worth it. Oof, yes. And that's, that's why we get so hot and bothered under the collar when people want to be dismissive about our profession and right. the level of expertise we bring. We're like, oh no, we, we worked for that. Like, exactly. uh, 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 not easy. Yes. It's hard work. Yeah. Important work that we do. Mm-hmm. All right, Lauren, is there anything else we need to cover? Anything else we need to talk about with mentorship and representation in our field? Well, I do want to just plug this really quickly. So the next cycle is going to be opening in August of this year. So next month. So if you visit my website, which is, I'm sure you'll link it too, but it's www.speakfromtheheart.net. You can sign up for my mailing list and then you'll be um, notified when the applications open. And again, it, it, it means so much to me to see how much it has grown. And I just hope that I can continue to touch the lives of so many more students and keep them encouraged to keep going because we need you all here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. I love it. Thank you, Lauren. Yes, thank you. All right. And so as we wrap up, I want to remind our listeners about the discussion guide, which you've provided some questions for so that small groups of SLPs can gather and kind of continue to, well, have their own discussion on this topic. Like we've just chatted about it. And so I want to give other SLPs an opportunity to talk about like what their thoughts are on mentorship and representation and on experiences they've had either being a mentor or a mentee, or maybe if they haven't, 
are they interested in doing that now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that the most professional and personal growth I've had in this field has come from doing exactly this, like sitting down with another mm-hmm. SLP like you, Lauren, yeah. and having a conversation about the work that we do and and what needs to change and, and how we're going about changing it. Like, mm-hmm. You saw a need and you filled it and you're making our profession better. Thank you. Yes. I, I love that. I just, like I said, I'm excited for this next cycle and what type of impact we can continue to make. Excellent. All right. In closing, I want to encourage our listeners to write a thoughtful review on Apple Podcasts about the things you've learned on the Speech Uncensored podcast so other SLPs can find it and join us on this journey. I hope the material that we've covered today has nourished your mind so that your practice can flourish. Now get out there and be awesome.